I'm going to jump into Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 15, and we're going to look at a picture. We're going to look at a picture that is painted of Jesus calling together his disciples, giving them authority and power, and then sending them out to engage the culture. Join with me. It'll be on the screen if you have your own Bible. Again, Matthew 10, verses 1 through 15. And he called to him, his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot betrayed him. The story goes on to now paint the picture, starting in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. You received without paying. Give without pay. Require gold, silver, or copper for your belt. No bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace, your blessing, come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that town or that house, house or town, sorry. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for that town. Powerful, powerful words. Jesus has called his closest disciples and empowered them. He's given them a story, and he's given them a voice. And now he has sent them out to engage their culture. Family, obviously, not letting go of the engage, because I believe here at First Christian, 100-plus years of history, we have a choice to either sit back and be proud of what we've already accomplished or to engage me all of us, the challenge is to continue to engage the culture. One of the most controversial topics in all of Christianity today, can you guess? Culture and Christianity. How? How do we as believers engage our culture the right way? How do we do that appropriately? In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, I'll summarize, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's pretty clear. It isn't sit and listen. It's go and do. However, I think it's really sad, and I think we can see it. There are many churches in this day and age that are not, that are not doing that. They, there are those that, that leave the gospel behind in their effort to entice the culture to come and feel a part. In order to reach them, they water down the truth. And
And that, that's not biblical at all. And then there are those that, well, they've got the doctrine right, they've got the theology right, but where's the love? They refuse to engage. And so, first, my, my prayer for us and my challenge for us is to not be on either end of that, that pendulum swing, but to, in unity and in balance, effectively be culturally relevant, yet bring truth crystal clear. Our nation, and in fact, every nation on earth is fallen. The current state of culture in America and around the world is horrible and getting worse. Would you agree? We don't need to look very far to see people who are driven by self-motivation, pleasure, money, power, relativism. But you and I are called, we are called to a different mission, and you and I have an incredible opportunity to bring the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ, and this is our mission. Let that sink in for a minute. I don't know about you, but posting those signs on the front door would feel pretty uncomfortable. But if we read Scripture and we understand the King's call, that's our target audience, my friend. It's not other believers who have already met the Savior. The well do not need a doctor, but the sick. We are called to get off of our backside and engage, to bring the message of hope to a world desperately sick. Meeting people where they are with the truth is what we have been called to do. Let, let us both together, all of us, individually and as a community, continue to go into the world and engage our culture and make a difference. Because you and I, while we are not the answer, we know the answer. And that's not something we pat ourselves on the back about. We have the, the one thing that can cure what the... Would you agree? Will you engage? So how do we go about engaging a culture that is so wicked and depraved? There are extremes, and we've already talked about it, the, the do-nothings who have the theology and the doctrine down but have no love, and they don't engage. Or there's the other end that we talked about, those who, who are so determined to be welcoming and be culturally acceptable. That's not our calling. Relevant, yes, but we are not called to look like the culture. And when we do look like the culture, that should be a warning sign for us. We are desperately on the wrong end. There's nothing wrong with engaging the culture with the things that they understand. In fact, that's wisdom, to take the words and, and the norms of the culture like Paul did, and we'll talk about that shortly but to take those things and, and to be able to tell spiritual, scriptural truths in a language that the people understand because they don't understand our, our religiosity, but they understand love. They understand mercy. They understand grace. They understand compassion. They understand a willingness to serve. Why? Because it doesn't happen very much. If you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, if we desire to be the hands and the feet 
of our king, those are the hallmarks. Those are the traits that we need to embrace, not in word only, but in deed. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable to go into work, to go to school, to go wherever it is that we go and be so so uniquely different because we love. You're not a, a distraction. You're not, a, you're not an impairment. You are a child of God. Let me love you. And it takes effort. But that's where you and I can make a difference, at home and wherever we go. That's where people will recognize that you are truly the king's ambassador. I believe that the Bible, however, gives us very clear examples of how to engage our culture. And we can look at the life of one of the the most well-known evangelists to ever live, the Apostle Paul. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19, Though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Paul's attitude towards the lost was an attitude of service. Everywhere. He had a... He had a heart's desire for his his people, the Jews. And when he went to them, he used their scripture, which they knew and they loved. But when he went to the Gentiles, what did he use? Yeah, he used the scripture, but he also used things that were culturally relevant. Do you remember when he went up on on the hill and he was all these idols, right? And he, he was just moved. And then he found the idol to the unnamed God. Something culturally relevant to, to the pagans, the, the Greeks. And he explained to them how they could know this unknown God, this unnamed God. And he told them who this God really, really was. The God who is above every God. He engaged them with words they understood. Yes, it's okay to be culturally relevant. It's okay to use a projector. It's okay to use an app. We don't have to have just our paper Bibles anymore. If we want to be like that, then we should go back to stones and scrolls. I don't want to do that. There's something incredibly powerful of being able to carry an entire library in your hand everywhere you go. There's something incredibly powerful about being able to, at a moment's notice, look up a reference for something to begin to provide not all of the answers, but a path to the answer. Being culturally relevant is fine, but we need to engage the culture. It doesn't matter if we're relevant if we don't engage. Paul goes on in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians and verse 23 to tell us why why he serves the way he does. He says, I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessing. So what is the gospel? If somebody in your world, outside of these walls, was to say to you, Ben, what is this gospel that you talk about? How would you answer that? Because it's not going to be a 30-minute message. They're not going to listen. and I have the ability to give a concise answer for that gospel question. 
Paul summarizes the gospel. That Jesus Christ was born as a man, according to the scripture. Lived a sinless life to be the spotless lamb, the sacrifice. That he died on a cross, according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. Do you hear that line behind so much of that? That is powerful, family. If you can give a concise answer to the gospel, you open the door for them to ask more about what that means. And that those three words, four words, according to the scripture, are powerful tools for you. And you have the ability to begin to answer what that is. Because the Bible is full of hundreds, thousands of prophetic utterances of who this Messiah would be and is. And you can begin to then explain Thousands of years before this man, Jesus, came and walked on this earth, physically, it was written what he would be and what he would do, and you can point it out clearly, culturally relevant. You can tell them where to go and look, and they can read it for themselves, if you will choose to engage and have the beginning of an answer. So Paul desires that that they might be saved, and he does it all for the sake of sharing the gospel. This should be our hearts, our motivation. We should want to serve the wounded, the dying, the sick, and the hurting. Remember two weeks ago, I said if they can't walk through those doors and find all of those, all of those character traits in us, why are we here? If that's not what we're doing when they walk in the door, we don't need to be here. And we are commanded not to compromise the truth in order to please the hearer. In fact, in 2 Timothy, Paul says this, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, reprove, rebuke, exhort, not judge, not bash, not tear down. Call sin, sin. And show compassion and show the path. With great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Obviously, Paul had strong convictions on preaching with sound doctrine, and he didn't compromise the truth, and neither should we. It is okay to be culturally relevant, but we should never seek to be culturally acceptable. In our effort to not offend anyone, we remove the power of what saves us. The cross is an execution stake. It's offensive, and that's okay. Because sometimes we need to be offended to get off our butts and make a change. In Acts chapter 17, and I alluded to this earlier, Paul goes into Thessalonica and he, he first goes into the synagogues in the area and he engages the Jewish community, the people that his heart are for. He knows that he is called to go to the Gentiles 
but he doesn't want to leave his heritage behind. He doesn't want to leave the Jews and them not of their Messiah. So he goes and he engages them. But what's amazing is if you go a little further in chapter 17, we see him again dealing with, with the Greeks, with the Gentiles. And we've already talked about when, when, he, when he engaged them, he used things of their culture to explain biblical truth. We need to know what's going on in our culture. We need to be immersed in the word of God. We need to have the truth of the scriptures within us so that we can take things that are culturally relevant and explain God's word and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change the lives of the sick and the dying. That's our call. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry. But that's what you and I are called to do. If we've accepted the call to be his ambassador, to be his children, then we need to engage our culture. And I'm not trying to spank us because I'm equally guilty. There are times when it's just easier to shut my mouth. Now, I know you guys haven't experienced that, but, but it's true. There are times when I just don't want to engage. I don't want the fight. But if I'm his child, if I'm his ambassador, as you are, then that choice should have already been made, and I need to engage. Will you engage? I pray that you will. We are told in Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and, and Acts 1 to go into all the nations, raising up disciples for the king. How do you raise a disciple if you don't engage? I'm open to answers, suggestions. Because as far as I can tell, the only way to raise up disciples is to engage. I'm going to close with this this morning. On top of engaging, we need to be patient. Because I don't believe that anybody has ever, well, maybe, maybe a few, but most people are not converted the first time they hear the gospel message. Most are actually very skeptical. It takes multiple touches, multiple engagements to begin to bring people to the truth. And that's our job, to till the soil and plant the seed over and over and over again. Scripture says that he will water it. He will provide the sun, and he will bring the harvest, the growth. That's not ours to do. We are to till the soil and sow the seed. We are to engage moment by moment by moment. Let's pray. Fathers, as we come to the end of this morning's message, I pray and I, I hope that every soul in this room is joining you in this prayer. Father, give us a boldness. Give us a heart and a passion to willingly engage. It's not about who likes us because we should be serving an audience of one, you. You are the only one that it matters if we please. And if we will live out the call to engage the culture, no, we're not going to get everyone Father, you have blessed us with an opportunity to be a part of your story. 
to be your hands and your feet and even your mouth. Father, thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for saving us. And thank you for empowering us to bring your message to a culture, to a world that so desperately needs it. Find us faithful. In your name.